Like, I'm like, I don't think we realize what we just observed. I don't think we have any idea. I think what Pastor Tim said when he was doing the transition was, we have no idea who we are or who the person sitting next to us is. You know, in my mind, I looked at those kids and I'm going to tell you, if, if you don't have the, the understanding, ask God to give it to you. The future of the world is in the children. It's not in you old folks or us middle-aged folks. <laughs> Middle age has now gone up to 65, right? <laughs> I will be 130 one day. Yeah, whatever. No, it's not. It's in the children. And I look at those children and I, and I, just, I wish I had time to name everyone, but I almost could. I look at Judah Rutherford. And I don't just see Judah. He was a shepherd. I don't just see Judah. I see James and Sharon, his mom and dad. And I see what they've poured into him in, their la- in his whole life. The, the time, the effort, the energy, the wisdom, the love, the caring, the kindness, the gentleness. I see them when I see him. And I don't just see his mom and dad. I see Jackie and Terry. And I see Sharon's parents. And I don't just see them. I see all of her friends who pour into the young man's life. I see their small group that they go to. I see us. I see you look at Judah and you're looking at not just Judah. You're looking at history. You're looking at some man, a young man who's been, America's been here since 70, 76, and you're seeing that's influenced that young man. And honestly, you can go back all the way back to Adam and Eve. And every one of those people and parents and situations influenced who that young man is today. And the potential inside of him is beyond description. And I want you to understand, I'm... A, I'm I don't think we can ever get excited enough about the, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? I don't think you can ever overemphasize the birth of Christ. Like, you know when, it, when that started, right? And uh, uh, we've mentioned it. This is the third time this morning we're mentioning the same thing, but it's really true. The prophet Isaiah, over 700 years ago, wrote these words. 700 years before Jesus was born, he wrote, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll call Him Emmanuel. You see, God had a plan, and it was God with us. Because when you look at that word, Emmanuel, what does that mean? Emmanuel. That little boy meant it was God Himself came down and became a man. God, the God of the universe. So when you look at Judah, when you look at all of those children up here on stage, you don't just see the kids. Like I was very proud that none of them bolted, you know? Especially the older ones, Eli and Ben. I was like, they're going to run, they're running, I know they're running. I was really more worried about the smallest ones. They didn't bolt. But do you know what? When I see them, I see more than just them. I see more than their parents. I see more than their grandparents. I mean, Mary and Bob are here. You're inside those boys. But there's more than you in them. There's more than just us inside of them. The potential in them 
is, is beyond anything we... And so, you know, really, you know how we should have acted when they came up on stage? We should have acted like in the old days when Elvis Presley would walk on stage and all the girls would faint and everybody would just go crazy, right? Or you should act like the greatest football player or basketball player or the politician or the greatest educator or the greatest, whatever's greatest in your mind, that's what just walked up on this stage. And we should appreciate that. It's like, what? It's like, that's who they see. And so when we, when we announced Jesus' birth, when Isaiah said, guys, listen, he's coming. And he's going to be born a virgin. The Israel, the entire world was waiting for him. And y'all know that the world missed him. He came to his own people. They missed it. Guys, they missed him. They missed it. You know, we miss it when we look at these children and we just see just children. I mean, I saw Josiah picking his nose on the way out. You know, that's just like his grandpa. <laughs> I've known Terry for a while and I know where Josiah picked that up, right? But it's not just Josiah. He's not just a little boy. He's so much more. And I, I believe that, guys, what I want us to say today, I want you to leave this Christmas, and I know this is a big, I'm asking a big ask from you. I don't want you to ever look at Christmas the same again. Because if all you see at Christmas is Jesus' birth, you're, re- you're missing the reason for his birth. Oh, there's some new babies here. Oh, well, you could have had baby Jesus. Thomas, where are you at? Thomas? We had this little stuffed thing that doesn't even look like a baby. I don't know where to, where to go. This Thomas is a proud grandpa, proud mom and dad. We love babies. You know why I love babies? Maybe because God showed me what they really are. I don't want to miss Jesus. I don't want to miss Jesus like the whole world did. And when we look at each other, I think we're missing him. We're missing. We don't see each other the way God does. So today, I want to talk about God with us, and uh, I want to talk about what we're doing, and I want to hit it real quick, a lot of scriptures. You see that Isaiah wasn't the first one to talk about Jesus coming. You can look at the Old Testament, it's everywhere, right? And in the New Testament, God, it tells us that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit planned this before anything was created. But in the very beginning, it said in Genesis 3, we see Jesus coming prophesied. But don't limit his coming to just him. Because who's his bride? Who's his brother? It's us. He said we are. You see, because when the day you were born, something happened in this world that never happened before too. Just like the day Jesus was born. Genesis 3, it says, The Lord God said to the woman, and you all know what happened here is in the garden. What is this you have done, woman? And the woman, I added that part. The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The scripture's true, boys. Scripture's true. The serpent deceived her and she ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals, and you'll crawl on your belly and you'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers offspring. And he will crush your head 
and you will strike his heel. How many people in this room were born of a woman? Listen, you, you, if you're here, <laughs> that's a lie to say that you can do this without women and without men. It's not true. You're born of a woman. Guess what your destiny, your purpose, your calling, your gifting, what God is inhabiting you to do is God has put enmity between you and Satan. And God said, I've got word for you, Satan. You're going to bite him. How many of you have been bitten by the enemy? Listen, I remember when James's daddy, Judah's grandpa Jackie, told me about when he got bit by a cottonmouth. And uh, it was the torture he went through. But he didn't die. Now, the cottonmouth, it died. <laughs> it died. It, it bit his heel. He paid it. It was an unbelievable story. You have to ask Jackie when you see him. But I want to tell you, we've all been snake bit. And some of us, we believe that that's the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. It's Satan's worst nightmares when he bits you. When he bit your family, when he bit your friends, when he bit the people you care about, that was his mistake. Because God said, guess what? He's going to crush your head. You see, the, the, the prophecy of Jesus coming wasn't just for Jesus. It was for all of his children, whom we are. And I want you to start looking at Christmas and start celebrating it differently. Like, I'm excited. I mean, Jesus' birth is the most celebrated thing in the world, in the history of the world. And I, somehow we, we forgot that we were born again with him. That he is the first of many brothers. He was a single seed of many that became many seeds. And you are. So this is a great verse. When Isaiah, later on in that Isaiah chapter 9, that first part came from chapter 7. In chapter 9, this describes your destiny. It was Jesus' destiny, right? This is speaking of Christ. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Who's the light of the world? Jesus Christ. No one else. Well, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world and you're the light of the world too. A city made on a hill, set on a hill that can't be hidden. You see, he is the light. We're the many-membered light. And so what brings light to the world, he did his part. He was born 2,000 years ago. Guess what? You were born 70 years ago, 80 years ago, 90 years ago. 50, 40, 60, 30, 20, 10 to the baby. You're the, born to be a light of the world. What your children are born for is to reflect the glory and the presence of God. Amen. That he, shot, he pours out his life in them. And that's just true. And so you've enlarged the nation. You, guess what happens? When you were born, there was a light born in this world. The same as when Jesus was born. And the enemy tried to put Jesus' light out. And the enemy's tried to put yours out. And you know how he's putting your light out today? How many of you were uh, murdered when you were born? Well, you're, none of us were because we're all here, right? <laughs> no. No, you know how the enemy puts our lights out? He keeps us from realizing that we're a light. You know, uh, this is a flashlight, right? Y'all know how to work it? That me and Harvey have a hard time with it sometimes. You push that button, you push this one. It's a flashlight. Now it's not. Who's in charge of turning the light on and off? 
Mic drop. That was a mic drop. I am. It's my phone, my thumb on the screen. And look, now the thing went off and now I, I can't. Oh, there I get it again. Right, I can turn it on off. You know, you realizing who you really are is how you turn your light on. Us telling our children who they really are, they have to be developed, they have to be raised, they have to be fathered and mothered, and then they begin to see who they are. You know why those kids did this? Because moms and dads and the teachers poured their lives into them, and the children expressed what was given to them. The greatest thing we ever do is raise the kids. I mean, y'all are important. Well, you know, we, you always get the best speaker to speak to the adults, and then we put everybody else with the kids. Not at Grace Fellowship, we don't. <laughs> I'm serious. No. The best thing we do is raise children to see who they are. And the world has tried to tell you you're not. And your experience and the devil and the media and everything in the world tells you that you're not enough. And the truth is, Jesus says you are. Because it goes on to say, guess what we were created for? To expand the nation, to, to, to release the suffering, to set captives free. You are the, who cre God created to bring prosperity to the world. You were created for that. And you're, that's who you are. You, lift, you shatter yokes and you lift burdens. You, and here's why. Because you were born. Verse 6. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. You see, you determine the atmosphere that you live in. Not the devil, not the culture, not the government. You. The government's on your shoulders. Well, if you're going to be around me, guess what we're going to be? We're deliriously happy all the time. And we're, we are. Because that's my, what I'm going to do. Well, you're not going to have, no. Because this is, I'm ruling this right here. That. And, uh, and they'll be called, wonderful counselor, mighty God. And you know what happens in the very the last verse there, verse 7. He ends with this statement. Do you think this depends upon the strength and power and intelligence and abilities that you have? Do you think that your destiny and your impact in the world depends on you? I'm saying that with emphasis because I'm like, I read the last verse. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. It's not up to Kelly. It's not up to Bill. It's not up to Steve. It's not up to you. It's up to the zeal of him. All you have to do is agree with Him and plug yourself into the light source and the light of God is what will overpower everything around you. Depression, sickness, disease. I love the fact Harvey went down to South Texas and taught a healing, uh, a healing training. For how many days? Three days? Two or three days? Had unbelievable miracles happen. Like miracles. People that were like unhealable got healed. Well, it was all that power of Harvey. No, it was the light of the Lord inside of Harvey. And he just activated, in that weird word, activated, that same belief inside of other people. And they were sitting there who never prayed for anybody. And they're like, well, you mean if I pray for somebody, they might get healed? And Harvey's like, yeah. And he, 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 uh, he hoodwinked them. And they all believed him. And they all went out and started praying for people. And several people got healed. 
And they were all crying and like, oh God, you're doing that through me. I can't believe it's me. It's not, it's always been you. You just didn't know it was you. The power of God resided in Jesus without measure. The Bible says the Holy Spirit was inside of him with no reserves. Now, the zeal of the Lord is what's going to accomplish this through us, guys. And in Matthew, it talks that we, this, uh, I think this is real important. I looked at some of the words just stuck out to me when I was studying this. This is the, the story, right? This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, and the Messiah means the anointed one. Do you know what anointed one means? That's the Holy Spirit, God. The Holy Spirit was poured out in Jesus without reserve. So the power working through Jesus the man was the Holy Spirit, God. And we call him Messiah. Messiah just means the Holy Spirit has anointed you, Jesus. And when Jesus healed people, when he walked on water, when he raised the dead, it was the Holy Spirit, a part of the Trinity of God, expressing himself through Jesus' body. The same thing happens with you. It all, it's all God. And, you know, I read this, and it says there in, that, in verse 18, and she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. No man had anything to do with Mary becoming pregnant. It was God. And then you go on and you go down to the verse 20. And, uh, you know, y'all, we don't understand this culturally really. But Joseph had a problem. His fiance had gotten pregnant. <laughs> and he didn't do it. They weren't married yet. And so in their culture, you put them out or you stone them in public, period. And Joseph, being a good man, uh, he, he didn't want to put her out. And then the Holy Spirit came to Joseph. After he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Uh, I hope you listen to your dreams when the angel of the Lord speak to you. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You see, when we give our bodies, it's just like Mary. What did Mary do? When the angel came to her and the Holy Spirit spoke to her and the angel said, to Mary, you're going to be pregnant and it's going to be the Holy Spirit. Mary said yes. All she did was give her body. She trusted God. And when she did... God came into Mary, and the baby that was produced was from him and no one else. And then they, I think that's why when I read that, I was like, oh, Lord, you, you want us to really get this. What has to happen inside of you comes from the Holy Spirit and no one else. What happens? God does miracles. It's the Holy Spirit and not your power. It's not your strength. It's His. He receives all the glory. Any patience coming from you, any kindness coming from you, any love, any acts of service, it's all fully God. And He gets the glory for it. And that's what happened with Jesus. Mary said, God, you can have my teenage body. And she was poor. She had nothing other than a bad reputation in that town for the rest of her life. And you know what she did with her bad reputation? Instead of 
feeling guilty and ashamed and, and demeaning herself. You know what Mary did? Mary said, God, you, ha- you can have me because it's not about me. It's about you. And she gave herself to God. And she didn't judge herself. She didn't limit her ability to her life. It was all him. And Joseph knew that. And so Joseph didn't touch her. Nobody put that baby in her except for God himself. And God wants to put a baby inside of you. And you, you know what? She gave birth to a son. She called him Emmanuel, which leads God with us. But when that God with us isn't God with us the way I'm with you right now, because it meant God in us. That's God in us. It wasn't enough for God to walk beside you your whole life. He died and rose to the dead so that God himself could live inside of my body. And now that makes me supernatural. It makes me special. It makes every child up here special. Not because they were your son or your daughter or your grandchildren or smart or athletic or beautiful or cute. None of that really is what matters. What really matters is God is in them. God is in them. And he's in them because he's bringing salvation. You and I were created to bring salvation to this world. Uh, It may just be one person. It may just be something no one will ever see like that widow that gave two mites. It may be that. Why did the God of the world stop and watch a widow that was giving two pennies? And he put it in the scripture for everyone to look at the rest of the world. It's because God looks at every one of us and when we give ourselves to someone... It matters the same to him. It doesn't matter how big it is. You know, um, I love this. This verse 12 in John 1. I've got it highlighted there. Of course, this is talking about the light. Talking about Christmas. The light that came in the world. I love Christmas lights, right? Because they represent, this is really a better representation. You You know what the world wants to tell you to do? Uh, let's just pretend we don't have one. I could have set this up that that's the only light on this tree. And that's the star. That's Jesus, the star of Bethlehem, right? But guess what? We've, we turned all the other lights off. Jesus wants to turn them all on. He said, guys, I've got to go. I'm going to heaven. So the same spirit that made me the light of the world will make you the lights of the world. And it was his plan, his idea, his purpose. So when I looked at these kids up here on stage, I saw Christ, the anointed one. Now, Jesus wasn't here. The man, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, ruling and reigning. But... The anointing, the Christ, he's inside of these kids. And so, um, now look what he says. To everyone who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave you and me the right to become children of God. I mean, your kids are beautiful. And I really did get a kick out of seeing their behavior and their faces in you guys. It's hilarious. The good ones and the creative ones, you know, uh, it is fun. But you know, the truth is, you're not the main impact on their lives. 
You've been given an honor and a privilege to impact our lives, to input to them. But you know what Jesus says here? It's funny. Children born not of natural descent. See, that's not the big issue in these kids. Not of human decision or a husband's will, guys. Born of God. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of every one of our kids. And we have an awesome, awesome, most important job in the world. We get to help raise them. We get to shape their minds. We get to shape their work ethics. We get to shape their morality, their character, their being. We get to shape them into seeing who they really are. That's a huge responsibility. But it's not us. It's God. He's the one. And so the Word became flesh. The Word, the eternal thought of God, the Logos, became flesh, became a human. He became one human so He could all live inside of every one of us. The Word became flesh and dwelt His dwelling among Him. And we saw His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And here's what I want you to know. On Christmas from now on, or maybe on your birthday, uh, think about this. When the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, under the law. You see, when the time was perfect, God in His infinite wisdom, right? We can't even comprehend it. He said, today's the day. Actually, nine months before that day, right, with Mary. He sent Gabriel and said, today, there's the rain. He said, today's the day. Today's the day that I've been waiting for for eternity when I get to live inside of a man. So when I see those kids, I don't care which age they are, their birthday was beautiful and special and as important as the day Jesus was born because they've been adopted into the family of God because of what Jesus did. And not only them, you. Your birthday is just as important as Jesus' birthday. And on Christmas, I want to remember that. The rest of my life, I want to remember that. Jesus, your birthday makes this the most special day ever in the history of the world. Oh, Me too. You too. People who don't believe it. It doesn't matter if they believe it or not. Their day was too. Because God was looking for a day when he could have sons and adopt us. And Jesus came so that we could become sons of God. And it happened the day you were conceived, actually. That's what I believe. I believe that conception, humanity starts. You're no longer a slave. You're sons. When I look at those kids, I want to see them differently. When I look at myself, I want to see me differently than I've ever looked before. You're no longer a slave. It doesn't matter what you, how you're raised. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. It doesn't matter what addictions you've had. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what TV says or the news. It doesn't matter what you say. Because God 
You're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. You're just like his only begotten son, Jesus. Because you've been born again. God has made you an heir of all things. And the same Holy Spirit that was poured out without measure in Jesus lives inside of you. Guys, we have a, this is quite a Christmas. When Jesus was conceived that day with that young lady, Mary, at that moment at conception, the word became flesh and lived in us. When you were born, another human came into existence that God had already seen in his eternal mind. Another place where he wants to dwell. And your birth is the same value and importance as Jesus Christ's birth. You're not the Savior, but you've been adopted into his family. So guys, I want us to look at Christmas different the rest of the, our lives. Like God, I love the Christmas tree. I love the big star on top. But every light in that tree is, has equal value and importance. Every light of that tree produces light. Every child in our world produces light. And it's God's plan. So this Christmas, uh, when you look at kids, look at them different. Uh, here's a real challenge. When you look in the mirror, look at yourself differently. And just as much, I hope none of us would degrade Jesus' birth in any way or not value his birth. But I think it's time for us to begin valuing ours and our friends and the strangers we don't know, and the people that are still in the darkness. God has created a light that's going to set them free. And it's you. It's me. It really is. So Merry Christmas. And uh, tomorrow morning, celebrate his birth and remember who you are. Remember who your neighbors are. Remember who your enemies are. <laughs> Maybe they're not your enemies. Maybe they're children that Jesus set free. Maybe he loves them. Amen. Amen, Amen guys. Thank you so much. Tonight we have 5 o'clock. We have uh, our candlelight service. We're going to take communion. We're going to sing Christmas carols. And we're going to be happy and have fun. And we're going to love watching the children. And uh, I hope even if uh, wherever you're at, even if you don't have any small children with you, uh, remember the adults in the room are no different than the kids. <laughs> we're just like the kids. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up. We, uh, <clears throat> this is a great time of year to get healed. Uh, we're going to have some teams up here that want to pray with you. That, uh, and it is, uh, Harvey, you want to give one healing testimony? How about that, that lady who called you? Know that one? No, the, she called somebody. Okay, this is a great healing testimony from this week. I was thinking, remember uh, you told me about it. She, yeah, no, the, there, okay, yeah. Last, uh, Alan told you we had a healing service in McAllen. And at the end of the service, when it was over with, one of the, the person, 
that w went through the training said, would I come talk to their mother? Their mother had been fighting cancer for a long time. She had so much treatment, she got where she couldn't use the upper part of her body, and the doctors couldn't do anything. She lived in Houston, Texas. She got on a bus and rode three hours to get to the meeting. But she didn't come forward and uh, when for them to pray for her, so I went and prayed for her and prayed for her two times and I said try to move and she raised both arms and was going like this <laughs> but then she says her husband has rheumatoid arthritis he can't open his hands he stayed in Houston because it's too hard for him to travel and she said y'all pray for him so we just prayed for him right there in McAllen and when she left, got in the car, she called her husband to tell what happened to her. You know, how she was healed and, and all the pain left. And, uh, and she said, oh, by the way, they prayed for your arthritis. And he said, that's what happened. Right before she called, all his pain yeah, left and he could use his arms. God is good. All right. So moral to that story is God heals. And if you're too shy to come up here front to get healed for, you can get Jerry to pray for you or Thomas. They'll pray for you right back there, okay? So uh, God bless you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. We're dismissed.